Hey everyone, welcome to the season finale of the Ikigai Project. I'm your host, Peter Nakamura. Thanks so much for being here today.、Uh, I know it's been a while since the last episode of season one aired and、um, didn't really get a chance to get around to wrapping this、um, season up. And I wanted to come back with a bit of a unique episode in which、uh, I'll be sharing three thoughts that I've been、uh, thinking about over the past few months. And.、Um, Yeah, we'll, we'll give this a shot, see how it works, and I'd love to get your feedback on,、um, on how this episode goes.、Uh, so, this will just be me riffing on a, you know, a few topics that I've been bouncing around in my head for the last little while.、Uh, I hope it's useful.、Uh, some might be, some might not, but、um, please take what's useful and, and discard what else、uh, might not be. But before I get started, you know, these past several weeks, I was just doing a count of how many weeks we've been in this new situation where, you know, new phrases like flattening the curve or physical distancing has, has appeared in our lexicon.、Um, it's, been, it's been different. You know, I think it's been about six or seven weeks now since we started this. And in many ways, we're living in a completely new world now that the coronavirus has, has entered our lives. And personally, as, as someone who lives alone, you know, one of my biggest fears is how isolation could potentially lead to loneliness. And,、um, you know, if I'm being honest with you, there's definitely been a little bit of that. I've felt lonely, you know, being on my own, not being able to have a human being in the house to talk to.、Um, and then at the same time, you know, I've been really incredibly grateful for the friends and communities that I've been able to com- connect with given this. You know, focus on on staying at home. And、uh, really, it's an opportunity for it wasn't, it's, it's been an opportunity for me to、um, connect with people that I haven't seen or or talked to in a really long time. And、um, just reiterated how important human connection is to、um, our society and to ourselves, as we're, after all, you know, social creatures.、Um, so, Without further ado,、um, I want to get to the thoughts that I have、um, to share with you. The first one is community is about giving.、Um, so I'm just jumping right into it. So, community is, is about giving is、um, my first thought. You know, many of us belong to different communities in our lives, you know, whether that's our group of friends from high school or our colleagues at, work, at our workplace, connections we've made at our local gym, studio, class.、Um, In many ways, the communities that we belong to give us a sense of identity. You know, for example, attending a local improv class gives us a sense that,、uh, of our identity that you know, we can be both open and funny with others. Or、uh, for me, going to a CrossFit gym means that I, I care about my health and, and fitness. You know, while both of these, these examples are true in, in the sense that you know, by participating in a community, We get a sense of our identity.、Um, I don't think that's the whole story.、Uh, in a book that I read last year, The Courage to Be Disliked by Ichiro Kashimi and Pumitake Koga,、um, a philosopher and a young man spend five nights discussing and debating the meaning of life. And in the fourth night, the conversation turns to community. And here's a quick quote from the philosopher、uh, It is when one is able to feel. I am beneficial to the community, that one can have a true sense of one's worth. It is about having concern for others, b- building horizontal relationships, and taking the approach of encouragement. 
all these things connect to the deep life awareness of I am of use to someone and in turn to your courage to live. I think this is a really profound passage from the book because it shows that, you know, being a part of a community is is not enough. It matters if you're contributing to that community to make it stronger. Um, and, and only when we decide to actively participate in a community do we develop a further stronger tie to our identity and to this overall concept that we've been talking about in season one, our, our ikigai, our, our reason for being. Um, so one thing I'm thinking about these days is, you know, even in this stay at home um, world that we're living in, how can I continue to strengthen the bonds to the communities that I belong in? How can I carve out more times for more time for friends and family members? Um, how can I, you know, connect connect with friends that I might have lost touch with? Um, are there ways that I can strengthen the existing communities that I'm a part of by starting something, improving something, or providing feedback to? Um, and perhaps another, you know, even expanding this further is how can I expand my thinking from just my local community? to my my global community that we're all a part of so uh, just a few questions to think about but ultimately the point here is you know belonging to a community is 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 probably not enough you know contributing to it making it better is when we truly feel more connected and alive in our lives the second uh thought that i've been having is um practicing more loving kindness uh, so I know I'm just gonna straight off say straight off the top of the bat, loving kindness seems like this kind of you know warm and fuzzy uh, woo woo thing, but I've really recently come around to this uh, embracing this idea, having listened to um, Tara Brock's book Radical Acceptance. Um, Tara, through a mixture of stories and Buddhist teachings, she shares ways that we can come to love ourselves. Um, more as you know ex exactly as who we are uh, wherever we might be in, in our own personal journeys um, and as I've reflected on this topic I've really begun to realize how fundamental practicing loving kindness with ourselves is um, because you know and you've probably heard this before right I'm not repeating anything that's um, uh, new to you but without the ability to love ourselves it becomes really hard to you know, encourage trust and, and love others so if there are ways that we can f find self-acceptance of both our virtues and flaws um, we might be able to to live a happier life um, and one way I've been practicing this a little bit more is is through a quick morning meditation and taking just five ten minutes every morning and, and repeating a simple mantra uh, like May I be happy, may I be healthy, may I be at peace. Um, and if it helps, you know, holding one or both of your hands over your heart to feel more connected to your body. Um, and then as you go through the progression, repeating that mantra a few times, then thinking about somebody you, don't, you know or you don't know, um, projecting loving kindness to them, and then eventually expanding it to um, the world around you. Uh, if you asked me a year ago about, you know, doing something like this, I, I probably would have said no. Um, or if I did, I would feel very uncomfortable, this kind of pit at my stomach as I, as I was repeating this mantra. Um, because I probably, to be honest with you, I don't think I fully loved myself as much as I do now today. Um, and, you know, if, 
if there is discomfort doing this type of meditation, maybe there's something there that it's trying to teach you um, and to explore a little bit further. Uh, so if I, um, you know, if you think this would be useful for you, I highly recommend Tara Brock's book, Radical Acceptance. Um, and for the meditation, there is a really simple, beautiful, free app um, called Oak, O-A-K, that might help you get started um, in, in this type of meditation. All right, so third and final thought that's been banging around in my head um, is journaling to clarify my thinking. So, you know, the benefits of journaling have been well-researched and uh, covered in, in media, I think, for the last, especially for the last five years or so, um, with different types of journals coming up and reflection tools. Uh, and I'm sure some of you listening uh, have tried journaling before. For me, you know, I've been a, I would say, an inconsistent journaler for the past few years. But when I do get get to sit down and, and write either, you know, on a piece of paper or more recently on on a, on a laptop i've really enjoyed the process um and when i reflect on you know why i fell off the horse in the past it's typically because a uh a either i was um you know daunted by a blank page or b and this is ironic limited by the space available with the certain templates that i was using for journaling so this time around, over the, I'd say about five, six months or so, I've been trying a different approach, borrowing some wisdom from Michael Bungay-Stanier's book, The Coaching Habit. Uh, in the book, Michael shares seven key questions to help people be a bit more coach-like in their conversations with others. Um, and by sticking to questions as the coach, Michael teaches ways for um, you know, a coach to uncover what's really going on on the person that you're coaching, uh, identify, you know, the real challenge that they're dealing with and come up with their own solutions. It's a wonderful book for anybody in, you know, uh, a manager or leadership position uh, to, to pick up or even parents, you know, to, to uncover some, 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 some of these questions and help um, with, you know, uh, coaching their, their kids. Um, it's, I think coaching is one of those skills that uh, gets, you know, pigeonholed as specific for, you know, when you're maybe uh, in a high school football field or maybe, you know, it's for executive coaches. But coaching is really just a life skill where if you can help somebody solve their own problem by asking really good questions and creating that space, then then that is just a powerful, really useful way you can show up for, for another person. So back to journaling, I have a point to this. <laughs> I'm taking a meandering route here. Um, one of the biggest benefits I find with journaling, as I uh, kind of alluded to earlier, is it's the space it creates for me to clarify my thinking. You know, and that's that's exactly what a great coach does, right? They don't tell you all the things you need to do. They create that space for you to discover. Um, and so you know, while while journaling in itself might not be the exact replacement to a great coach, because there are moments when, you know, great coaches nudge you and tell you, you know, certain things you should be focusing on, at least journaling can create that initial thinking about what am I really stuck at? What's really going on here? Uh, and help you articulate your, your thoughts a little bit more. So here's a simple journal 
question pattern that I've been using every morning uh, for the past little while. It goes like this. So basically every morning um, I, I get my Evernote, uh, which is a, an app, uh, a note-taking app, um, populated with four questions. The first question is, what's on your mind? And this is what uh, Michael talks about as the kickstart question. You know, it's an opportunity for me to share one or two things that are top of mind for me that morning as I sit down and journal. Question two is, and what else? So this is the awesome question, A-W-E, and what else? And it's about digging deeper into the one or two things that I started off with in my first kickstart question. The third question is a repeat of the second question, and what else? Because rarely do I get exactly to what's really concerning me, what's really getting me excited um, after the first question. It's about peeling the layers of the onion a little bit further here. And then the fourth and final question I ask myself is, what was most useful here for you? This is called the learning question and an opportunity for me to reflect on just one thing that I might take with me for the rest of the day based on this morning's entry um, and uh, just a bit of moment for reflection. So when I end up doing this, you know, I I, I could end up as simple as, you know, uh, a a couple of sentence each for each question. You know, I I just I'm feeling good. I just need to uh, get this entry done and keep going. Or it could be a really deep session where I'm going deep into all four of these questions. Um, I think journaling is just one of those tools that you have to go with the flow. You can't force yourself to to reflect when you're not ready to reflect. But creating that habit every day uh, can be really helpful in in clarifying your thinking. So that's it. Um, I hope these were somewhat helpful helpful thoughts for you. Um, I'd love to hear any feedback. Um, Please feel free to send me an email at peter at ikigai.blog. Um, or, uh, yeah, please, um, you know, keep in touch. Um, if you have any questions or anything that, um, you'd like me to cover for upcoming seasons, please let me know. I do want to let you know, uh, there is something brewing for season two. I'm working on that. It's been a bit of a challenge getting back on the horse, but, um, I'm really excited to share what I've got with you, um, so far. So thank you. Stay well, stay safe, everybody, and I will see you in the next episode of the Ikigai Project. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. Special thank you to Hugh for the theme music. You can check them out at herehue.bandcamp.com. If you'd like to learn more about the Ikigai Project, you can check out my weekly blog at ikigai.blog. And that's it for now. Take good care, everyone.